Hi, friends. Welcome to Encouraged and Equipped. On this podcast, we introduce you to the women of Christ Chapel Bible Church. We share our stories to encourage and equip each other to live out our faith in Jesus. We are so glad you're here. This conversation takes a turn in the best way. Christina Wagner and Kendall Reed join me for a chat, and we end up talking about vulnerability. They truly model it as well as anyone I know. And this episode only scratches the surface of the wisdom they have. Phrases they said have lingered in my heart and will for quite a while. I dare you to listen to their words and take your next step into vulnerability. Hi, everyone. I'm Kathy, and I'm here with Kendall and Christina, and we are excited that you are joining us today as we have a conversation about vulnerability. We love to start our episode by giving you an opportunity to get to know just a little bit about the people who will be sitting around the table. Kendall is having a very big birthday in her home today. Her dog, Allie, is turning two, and she is inordinately excited about that. And I celebrate that with you, Kendall. That is awesome. And we love to ask everyone also, what is a little something that has brought you joy lately? So, Kendall, what is that for you? Yeah. um, So... Right now, the weather has sometimes been amazing, and I have just gotten to have so many meals just outside with friends, and it's been so nice, and it's not hot and not cold, and just great conversations and great food. Thanks for sharing that. Christina is here. She's a part of our wonderful Soul Care team, and I always think she has the most kind, gentle countenance, and I love that about her. So Christina, share with us, what is a little something that's brought you joy lately? Oh, wow. I would so love to share about this because I can't stop talking <laughs> about my new grandbaby. It's my our first grandbaby. And he was born, his name is Sawyer Luke, and he was born uh, two and a half months ago. And it has just been an absolute joy to just be there as much as possible and walk alongside my daughter, Rachel, in this. And just, um, it's just been a just absolute, so much fun. I mean, you hear about how fun being a grandparent is, but then to get to experience it firsthand has been amazing. So, yeah. Thanks, Kathy. Wonderful. Well, as I shared, we are here to talk about vulnerability, but I would love to share with you, the listener, a little bit of backstory more than I normally do, because the way we got to this topic is kind of interesting. Normally, when you are listening to a podcast, often you have guests on that are well-known, they've written a blog or a book or something, and maybe even filled in a pre-survey interview before they get there so the guest knows questions to ask them. But because we just ask Christ Chapel women who are here every Sunday to come share about what's going on in their life, most of us don't have a book or a blog we've written. And so we get together, the three guests do, and just talk one time for maybe about an hour just to get to know each other a little bit. We don't script out exactly what we're going to say. And then we get together and we don't really edit the episode much. It kind of really just is our conversation. And so Christina and Kendall had both mentioned to me that they really value community as a topic. And so I had asked them to be on an episode and we gathered to talk for our hour just to share a few thoughts with each other before we came to record. And about 45 minutes into this hour of talking about community, I looked at them and I said, you do realize that we've essentially been talking the whole time about vulnerability what about community? And then they proceeded to talk for another 30 more minutes about vulnerability. 
And so I sent them a text afterwards and said, clearly, we are not going to have a podcast on community, at least until we have talked about vulnerability. And so we shifted to get together to talk about that. And my guess is that as a listener, you probably know yourself well enough to know whether you tend to be a little more guarded or whether you tend to be a little more quick, perhaps at times even too quick to share. So I hope that as you're listening, you will get to hear how these women have wrestled through when it's been profitable, when maybe it isn't as profitable, and how you can personally grow in that. And we're going to get to see what that's looked like in your lives, Kendall and Christina. When I went to look at the definition of vulnerability, it actually was described in a way that I didn't think exactly hit what we were talking about. It said the quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed either physically or emotionally. And while that may have elements of what we talk about when we mean vulnerability, I don't think it exactly has everything that we're looking for. So Christina, when you think about the idea of vulnerability, what is that to you and why does it matter so much? Wow. Um, yeah, I think for sure that that definition is good. It does involve risk and um, vulnerability, you know, has a bit of uncertainty to it and um, there's no guaranteed outcome for sure. So, um, but I do think, um, it, it requires courage. So it's kind of courage to show up and be seen, uh, to be yourself, to share your heart. And um, when there's no control over the outcome, um, but it's for the benefit of others and for the glory of God. Because, you know, I love how you said that um, because it does, vulnerability does take courage um, and the outcome isn't promised. And I think when I think of vulnerability, I always think of, it's just the process of admitting that, I don't have it all together, but I, I need Jesus so much in my life. Um, and it's not a picture perfect, like my life isn't a picture perfect image. Um, and I just think it's such a sweet way to live out the gospel because we're saying that, yeah, I need Jesus in my life. I need people in my life. Um, and the only way for that to happen is to admit that you need them and you need help and you don't have it all packaged together. I think that idea of just being willing to be seen or willing to be known or willing for things to be on the table, it doesn't mean you always say it, but that willingness is a key part of vulnerability. And I will readily admit that I'm often the one that tends to be a little more closed. So sometimes I have to be pushed into that or I've had to learn vulnerability. So I would love to hear what pushed you guys to learn about vulnerability or to live a life of vulnerability? Wow. Good question. <laughs> I, um, I, first, I think if we don't establish that there are different levels of vulnerability, and we may talk about this a little bit more in a minute, but I think, um, that being vulnerable could be just sharing my heart with someone who asks how my day is going. Um, it doesn't have to be about, my past or things that I, you know, I'm carrying shame over or things like that, that uh, it is absolutely not my deepest, darkest secrets or uh, emotional baggage that I need to unload on someone. So um, we can be vulnerable in small ways. And I think that's kind of the calling of scripture is to really pour out our hearts and share um, with each other. Um, for me, um, I think there was really a pivotal point in my life in 2014 when I, um, was um, my grandmother died and um, she was just a huge person in my life that I just loved dearly. And um, so that 
the treasure mm-hmm. was was lost, and um, she was definitely a gift from God. But I um, did not grieve well. Um, I kind of soldiered on, and I um, began to kind of crumble over time. So about three months into after she passed, I became very anxious and um, didn't realize that grief could manifest itself in anxiety, but um, I had to um, kind of walk through that process. But um, I decided to kind of just, again, soldier through. That's what I would do really well. I mean, I was processing with the Lord, but not with people. And I wasn't really making any progress. Huh. And um, so I think it was that gift of desperation that I was actually getting worse and not better. Um, and I think God gave me the nudge. You need people. I've created you for people. And so um, to just go and share and, and talk to some people um, and say, here's what's going on. And I don't, like Kendall said, I do not have this figured out. I am an absolute mess. And in fact, things are getting worse. And um, I remember the one day I went and shared with some gals. Um, I had been isolated for several weeks and um, it was it was so powerful. I came home feeling lighter mm-hmm. just immediately after meeting with them. And I thought that's a burden shared. And that was appropriate. And I needed to do that. And it was the beginning of kind of my journey to vulnerability. I love that phrase. It's a little bit scary and a little bit sweet that desperation was a gift for Mm. you. And I really resonate with often when I'm desperate or feel like I've done everything I can do, that is what pushes me to get help and experience some of the fruit and freedom that can come with that. And so I resonate with that, even though I'm a little scared of it too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Kendall, what pushed you to vulnerability? Yeah, that's such a great question. Um, Christina, as you were sharing, it reminded me of a season right before I learned what vulnerability was, where I wasn't vulnerable. Um, and it was with loss. I lost uh, a close friend and I didn't bring anyone into that. Um, it was a really hard season and but for at least six months, I didn't tell any of my friends that I was going through that. Nothing. I was like, I don't want to be a burden. I don't want people to see me as weak. There were a lot of reasons why I didn't share. Um, none of them great reasons, honestly. Um, but f- fast forward um, to a few years after that, I really just came to this point where I felt like my life was kind of out of control. Like I felt like all the different aspects were not firing on all cylinders. I was really anxious about small things. I wasn't processing big things, all of that, and felt really alone. Um, And so finally told someone that I needed help. And for me, vulnerability started in going to counseling. Um, But from that, I also had the moment of realizing I can't do this alone. And I really didn't have community. I didn't have friends. See, community does play an aspect of vulnerability, (laughs) I promise. Um, And going, I went to someone and said, I can't walk this alone and I need people with me. Can you help me get community? And I, that sounds like a simple thing to say, but for me, that was, I think, laying down a, a lot of pride that I had that I needed people to walk with me, and it became such the sweetest gift. But for so, so, so long, I wasn't willing to do that, but it took being willing to be vulnerable and say, I need help. That's great. I know that when I think about being vulnerability, obviously we can categorize it different way, but there's a sense in which I think about 
what it looks like to be vulnerable with other people, which there's some wisdom and intentionality that goes into that. And there's also the idea of being vulnerable with the Lord, which is even funny that I would say vulnerable with the Lord because he knows it anyway. (laughs) And I laugh at myself now if I used to, I don't know that I consciously thought I could keep secrets from the Lord as if he just didn't know what I was really thinking or what was really going on in my heart when really he knows more about me than I know about me. So I'd love to start or at least direct our conversation for a few minutes toward what does vulnerability with the Lord look like? Because he does already know everything, but what does that look like or how do you practice it in your life? I love this question so, so much. Um, I think it's because I went for so long not sharing anything (laughs) with the Lord and then finally did and was like, oh my goodness, why have I not done this my whole life? Um, But I think it's important to start with the example of Jesus in the garden and you see him being so vulnerable with the father before he's going to be killed on the cross. And I mean, he is weeping and sweating blood and he's like, I don't want to do this, God. Can you take this from me? Please take this from me. And so I always think of I I think I put Jesus in a box sometimes that he has it all together and he does. He's sovereign God. But you see this example of him going before our heavenly father and saying, I don't want to do this. I'm, this is terrifying. And I think that's such a great example and so encouraging because that gives me an opportunity to see that it's okay for me to go to the Lord and say, I'm, I'm weak and I can't do this on my own. Um, and so obviously Jesus did not have any sin, so he was not confessing <laughs> his sin to the Lord. Unfortunately, <laughs> I do have sin in my life. Um, and I've had to experience what that means going to the Lord with that sin. Um, and for me, it, it looks different in different seasons. Um, but typically I either am, when I need to confess something, I need to pray out loud or I need to write it down. Mm. I It has to come to light. It has to come out. Um, and I think that there's just something more powerful than just saying it in your head, like actually verbalizing it. I do a lot of praying while I'm driving or I do a lot of journaling and I have to write out exactly what I'm trying to say. Um, and so there's a a specific moment that I, for the first time, wrote out some sin that I had been struggling with. And I had no intentions that day of actually writing down that sin, but the Lord had other plans. Um, And I wrote it out. And then I just remember this feeling of freedom, like a weight being lifted off my shoulders because I had been trying to hide this from God, which I couldn't. but I thought I could, and I've been trying to hide this sin and this shame. And then all of a sudden, I was able, by the grace of the Holy Spirit, to to bring it to light. And no longer was that something that I was trying to hide. And I was able to say, Lord, this sin is in my life, and I need you to take it. This is controlling me. I need you to take it. Um, and it's just, it's hard to put into words, but it was literally such a gift. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That story and that freedom of just acknowledging before the Lord what he already knows anyway and his kindness to step in and help us with that. Christina, what does vulnerability with God look like in your life? Oh, gosh. I just love your heart, Kendall. I just love listening to you share about um, your prayer life. Um, 
it is encouraging to me. So I, it kind of reminds me of sort of a similar journey for me is just um, that hiding and feeling like I'm going to keep this compartmentalized and, um, you know, having it all together, but really crumbling on the inside. And so again, the gift of desperation of I'm not getting better, I'm getting worse and this has to come to light and the beautiful freedom that's involved in bringing something to the light. Um, I journal, I journal. That's a huge, um, I journal my prayers, not every day, but when I do, they're more effective. They're more honest. They're more, um, transparent and it's a, it's a great tool. Um, another thing I do, um, when I want to have an extra earnestness to my prayer life and often this God will bring me to my knees, I will get on my knees and pray. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's just as a symbol of my heart's posture, but just, um, often I can look back and remember, cause I, I wish I could say I prayed on my knees every day, but I don't. But those days when I've really given something to him that I haven't been willing to give up or let go of or bring to light or share or ask for help with, um, it's kind of like a, you know, a, a remembrance. Uh, I remember where I was when I prayed that prayer and I can remember I I've, I've brought this before the Lord and he's either answered me or healed me or is in the process of that. And so, um, yeah, I think it's just a sweet, um, thing to be, have a humble posture before the Lord saying, I need help. I need help. I cannot do this. You've created me as a limited, uh, creature and, um, thank you because now I can be dependent upon you. Christina, I don't know about you, but I, when I've experienced that with the Lord, um, and I've, I've been honest, it, I think it just helps us see ourselves as humans and focuses our attention on who God is and how powerful and how much we need him. And I, sometimes that might not sound encouraging, but <laughs> it is to say, because first I'm just a person that wants to have it all together, that wants to control everything. And when I get to say, God, I can't, there is so, it's so freeing. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I just love that you said that. Um, Cause it made me think of just, God is so powerful and so in control and praise the Lord that we don't have to have it all together and all in control. Amen. And that he knows we're going to forget and remember and forget and remember. We love that process. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I also love how personal God is. I love hearing your stories, which is just so fun to me because I think my time with the Lord or when I'm most vulnerable is almost when I don't try to write it down or come up with words because I want to have the perfect explanation. And so it's really fun for me to know how personal God is and how he works so differently in each of our lives. I do feel like we could say a thousand more things about that, but I want to also turn the conversation because vulnerability is with the Lord, but it also is with other people. And whereas the Lord does know everything and we should be fully open with him when it thinks, when we think about vulnerability with other people, that is something that requires some wisdom at times that vulnerability that we share is received well at times that isn't received well at times we deliver it well at times we may not deliver it well. And so I think there's a lot of nuance and a lot of importance that we need to put on being vulnerable with other people. So I'll start with a general question that you can answer however you want, then we can figure out how to nuance it and learn from each other. So when you think about being vulnerable with other people, what are some 
key instances of that in your life or lessons you've learned or what does that look like for you? Oh, Kathy, I think you, the transitional point here is we're going from a, a vertical vulnerability to a horizontal and often our horizontal relationships reflect how vertical mm-hmm. relationships going. And so um, how honest I've been with the Lord is going to reflect how honest I can be with other people and really vice versa. They're both, they're windows into our hearts. And so um, I think we need to really um, put an emphasis on the, on the vertical. And I'm so glad that you put that first. Um, I think there's really some barriers to vulnerability that we might talk about first is just self-protection. Um, I've kind of thought of a few things, a, a kind of a list of you know, perfectionism, um, pride, self-righteousness, um, fear of man, just esteeming others' opinions more than God, um, looking um, maybe, or an, a lack of understanding of God's sovereignty and His sanctification in our lives and how He might use something that we thought was shouldn't have been shared. Um, but um, having untrustworthy relationships, uh, maybe I don't choose people who are safe. Um, and therefore it's not a, you know, it becomes a hindrance. I can't be myself. Um, past hurts, family of origin, incorrect motives. I mean, there's just this long list. I think the isolation is the number one hindrance. Probably done every one of those. <laughs> same, same. I'm like, I, I couldn't stop thinking. I think shame though is at the top of the list mm. is that I will not share my nakedness with you without a covering. Um, and so often that covering is, is self-protectedness. And, um, I have to, I have to really process that with the Lord first and know that that's, that shame is not something from him. Um, and so the more I can walk into the light as he is in the light, you know, um, those things can be removed. Yeah. I, I love that. I think, um, you know, if you go back to Genesis, you know, Christina, what you were talking about. Um, and after sin entered the world, Adam and Eve wanted to hide from God. They they didn't want to be fully seen and fully known by God. Um, and I think that just plays out in our relationships so much. Um, but when we are able to be vulnerable with people, it's the relationships just become so authentic and become deep. And I th- I've thought about um, a, a story with one of my friends and we, this is probably a few years ago, and we were sitting across from each other and it was a newer friendship. We'd known each other for like maybe six weeks, um, but we had just started hanging out a lot. And then all of a sudden she uh, just kind of blurted out something that she was struggling with. And um, she definitely did not intend to tell me that. (laughs) Um, and so I, I received it and just, you know, encouraged her and I made sure that like that was a safe place for her to share it. But what I didn't do was, um, share vulnerably. (laughs) I left that conversation. Um, and then a few days later, um, we were both honestly just having a, a hard day. Um, and she, it was late Friday nights, you know, and you have just, a hard day and you're sitting on the couch with a friend, like that's what it was. And so she came over and, um, I honestly had to confess to her that I wasn't vulnerable with her. Um, 
in a time that I could have been, and I was also struggling in a totally different way. Um, and so we both got to be honest with what was going on our in our lives. And it's stuff that people never assume. I mean, I don't think we always assume people suffering um, or sin. And that that person is now one of my closest friends. And it's, it started from a moment of us being real and authentic with each other. Um, but we were both terrified to do that. There was a, so many instances of, well, I'm not going to tell you the whole story. I'm just going to tell you this, this part of the story. Um, but that is just like such a, a cool example in my life of how someone else modeled vulnerability for me. And then I was able to be vulnerable and look at the friendship and the relationship that is there. Um, I also think it's really good to have people that know you so they can ask you the right questions. <laughs> um, so they know when you're not being vulnerable. And I have a weekly meeting with a mentor and um, she knows all my stuff. She really does. And it's, we've been meeting for over four years. And so there's been a lot of time to be vulnerable. Um, but there, it, it was really hard to start sharing with her um, all the different areas of my life that I, I really needed to be held accountable. But it's been so sweet. Even just like two weeks ago, she asked me a question. Um, and she's like, I know this is going on in your life. I know these are things you're thinking about, but you haven't said it. But I think we need to talk about it. And I had to say, you're not wrong. <laughs> actually, you're absolutely right. I don't want to talk about this, but I have to. And it was actually a hard conversation. But I was able to finally put those words, um, speak those words. And then someone else was able to walk with me in that anxiety, walk with me in that struggle. And I'm not, I'm not alone anymore. And so those are just a few examples personally that of what it's looked like to be vulnerable with other people. I have like a million questions. I'm really in my mind. I'm like, okay, what's the next one I'm going to ask? Cause I have about a hundred, but Christina, I want to turn to you because I know that you help people walk through struggles. Mm -hmm. And while on the one hand, many of us are bent toward being more closed off. And we've talked a lot about maybe needing to trust the Lord and step out and share, but I think there are some of us are times when we can be reckless with what we share, or it's not the time or the place or the person, or it's not helpful, or it's just too much. Would you be willing to talk for a minute or offer us any guidance on what are some things that might cause us to share too much? Or how do we go about deciding who to share what with? Because I, even just from a time perspective, I can't share everything in my life with every person that's not realistic. So what... What wisdom do you have to share on when, how do we actually practice this vulnerability wisely in a realistic way? What a great question. And I have to fully admit that I don't know all the answers to this, but I am practicing just like you guys are. Um, you know, I think that um, we have to be wise, like you mentioned. Um, we can't be reckless with um, who we share, um, but we build trust slowly with people and we share a little bit, and then we share a little bit, and then we share a little bit, and then um, it takes time. And mm -hmm. we're finding out um, how trustworthy is this person, right? Um, I like to preface some of the things if I'm going to share something kind of personal with someone who is a trustworthy person even. I might say, put some yellow caution tape on this and say, hey, I'm 
I've never shared this with anyone. Mm -hmm. And then I say it. Um, I think it adds a level of accountability to what you're sharing. Um, it, they understand how important or uh, uh, just sensitive or private the matter might be. Um, and so there's there's ways to be careful. But I think, too, we can gauge based on how long we've known the person um, have they been faithful in little faithful? Are they able to be faithful in much? I think that's a principle Jesus teaches us is I will give you a little and then see how you do with it. It's about gauging responsibility and trust building. Um, but to just start slowly, start somewhere and, um, yeah, start with some people that you do already trust, um, and be careful, be careful not to share, other people's story. We haven't talked about that yet, but you know, I get that might be reckless of me. Mm -hmm. I might be so comfortable sharing my stuff that I accidentally bring in someone else's stuff with my stuff. And that's gossip. And I have to repent from that. I, I need to confess that and repent. And I have had to do that more times than I care to think about really. Um, but the Lord is continuing to teach me, you know, you share your story, you know, and and really, we haven't talked about this either yet, but my story is really God's story. He's writing my story, and it's not really mine to protect or not share or share. It's His story. And if I really want to be faithful to my calling, I'm going to pray about the matters that I feel that I need to keep on lockdown Sure, and let Him... Because just because someone asks and wants to know our story doesn't mean it's wise for us to tell them. Absolutely. But God does call us to share things as an encouragement to each other. I think we've seen that with with, um, the women's ministry done so well uh, in a teaching where they've shared a portion of a story to, to really convey a vulnerability that was needed at the time to share in a story, but um, they didn't share the whole thing. Yeah, and vulnerability doesn't mean details. It's wisdom. Yeah, <laughs> love it. You can say I'm struggling without sharing all the details. Right, exactly. I've heard you talk to Christina about that it's not my story, it's God's story, which is really convicting for me as a person that likes to protect mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. But Kendall, I've also heard you say it's important to not just share your story, but to share it in a way where Jesus is the hero of the story. And we're not talking about the moment when you've, you're have you crying and sobbing on the floor that you can't just share what's going on. But as you share your story, what do you mean by that? Sharing it where Jesus is the hero of the story. Yeah, I think that's a great, great question. Um, I think there's several ways um, that you could answer that. I think the first thing that I think of when it's making sure people see Jesus when you're sharing your story, when you're vulnerable, um, is that is your motivation in sharing something. I mean, I've had so many times where I have shared or I was about to share and I had to check my motives. I had to check my heart because I really wanted to see people. I wanted for people to see that maybe I was, oh, so brave or so courageous or how I can't believe that, you know, you went through that or you struggled that. And with that, um, and my, I had zero motivation for them to see Jesus. But the only reason that I'm able to be vulnerable, that I'm able to declare that that some of these things are past struggles or 
that I'm not afraid to be vulnerable now is because of Jesus. Um, and so I think it, it's really important to go back to your motivation. Mm-hmm. What's your motive for sharing? And that requires you to be honest with yourself. I think vulnerability and honesty go hand in hand. I don't think you could have one without the other. Um, and so, and sometimes that causes you to have to be honest with yourself because I think it's easy to say, oh, I'm going to say this to encourage someone from across from me. But am I actually saying it so they think I'm way further down the path than they are? I've got it more together. And so, and that's not vulnerable um, in doing that. And so I think that's... Um, the most important thing, but really just pointing out, like I'm being vulnerable, vulnerable to show you that I need Jesus. Mm -hmm. I'm being vulnerable because I don't know how I can make it in this life without, Hmm. without Jesus. And so I think that that is our motivation to encourage others that whatever you're trying to hide whatever you're trying to control on your own. You don't have to, Mm -hmm. because there is a God who cares. There's a God who knows you, who loves you, and you can rest in that truth. And I, when I am vulnerable, that's what I want to point people to. I think that's really key for so many reasons that not just as we are vulnerable with others, but as we receive other people's stories, that what I mirror back to them is the gospel, Mm -hmm. that it is grace, that it is forgiveness, that it is holiness, that I receive well and point people to Jesus when they share something with me. And you've transitioned us a little bit into a thought that, to be honest, until I listened to you guys talk, which, by the way, I'm so glad you changed our topic from community Mm -hmm. to vulnerability. (laughs) Like, truly, I really am. And... I just hadn't thought as intentionally about using my story, which as Christina said, is really God's story, using my vulnerability to help someone else. I usually think about how will I be helped by being vulnerable, which is fine, but incomplete. And so Christina, talk a little bit about how do you utilize in a good, healthy way, vulnerability as an encouragement or help to other people? Sure. I think it begins with a mindset, again, like we just talked about, that it's not my story, um, but that I it's my aim to please the Lord. That's my goal in life. And as that being a guiding principle, I'm not to fear man, but I'm to, you know, have reverence for the Lord and and esteem what he thinks of me and and he guides me in my conversations. And so I can begin to take a step back from me. My life then becomes a living sacrifice for others. And so how beautiful is it when someone shares a sin that someone thought they were the only one who struggled with? Um, And how beautiful is it to be understood in a way because of suffering or um, just, there's just so much beauty in the humanity that we all struggle with being shared and where God gets to be put on display. And so I think it's got to be less about me and more about the other person. And again, what Kendall mentioned is the motives are key here. Um, My motive has to be that I love the Lord more than I love myself. I remember too, I think from 
in my life, some of the most powerful moments with people who've mentored me, because I'm a perfectionist, was just moments. And they didn't share any detail, but just them saying, well, Kathy, I wrestle with doubt some too. And I kind of looked at them like, you do? Like, I just didn't know. (laughs) And it not normalized that for me in a, all right, keep doubting. It's not a big deal. But it made me less, it really helped me understand what the real Christian battle and life looked like and was very transformational in my growth. Amen. Amen. Say it's about sanctification. And unless we know other people are being sanctified like we are, we feel very alone. And that's why isolation is so scary and hard. And that's why depression and anxiety and addictions exist is we don't realize we're in a battle and that other people are in that same battle. I know we've talked a lot about the positives of vulnerability, and absolutely there are, but sometimes we will share and people don't receive it well, or sometimes we'll share and after the fact I've thought, what in the world was I thinking? Why did I share that? And maybe I shouldn't have shared, or maybe I should have shared it, but I just have this, as I've heard Kendall say before, vulnerability hangover. (laughs) So let's say you're listening and you choose to take a step. Number one, don't be surprised if someone doesn't respond well. That doesn't mean you've necessarily done anything wrong. But oftentimes after the fact, it is very freeing. And sometimes after the fact, it's very emotionally draining. So Kendall, tell us a little bit about as you've grown and being vulnerable, what does it feel like afterwards? Oh, what a great question. Oh, um, I, um, yes, I use the phrase vulnerability hangover quite often. (laughs) Um, And I think a simple definition is just kind of the thoughts and how you dwell on a conversation after it's happened. And for me, that happens a lot when I'm vulnerable with something that maybe I haven't been vulnerable before, or it's been a while, or it's a completely different group of people. And you know, you're just learning the dynamics of the group. And, you know, I was like, maybe I overshared. And um, typically a vulnerability hangover um, is rooted in just what people think of you. It's totally rooted in just fear um, and pride. And when it's just, it's hard when you say something that you've never said before, or you, you admit that you're struggling in an area that can be a, a lot to process after. And that's totally okay. Um, I'm so glad that someone told me about vulnerability hangovers and they told me, you're probably going to feel this way after sharing something. It's, I think it's normal. Um, and so, but I think the important thing is to not let a vulnerability hangover keep you from sharing again. Mm. Like that wasn't detrimental. That was just something that I needed to process with the Lord and maybe other people. Um, but it, it is uncomfortable and that's okay. Um, and sometimes you have that because people didn't receive your vulnerability well. Um, and I've, I've had several instances, um, where I, I don't know if it, what I wasn't supposed to share or just someone wasn't really prepared for what I shared. Um, and it, it wasn't received well, <laughs> um, whether they like just responded poorly or some people just didn't really respond. They're like, Oh, okay, cool. Next topic. Um, change the subject. And that's okay. I'm not being vulnerable for someone's response. Hmm. You know, I think we've talked a lot, like I'm being vulnerable to point people to Jesus but I am not in charge of what the, how the Lord uses what I say. I'm not. I am in, 
I'm in charge of being faithful when the Lord calls me to be vulnerable. And I am in charge of not being vulnerable when the Lord calls me to not be vulnerable, which is a whole lot of prayer sometimes in the middle of a conversation. Um, But I think it's just so important to remember that we're not being vulnerable for the sake of someone's response. Mm. Um, And we don't have any control over that. Great thoughts. Mm -hmm. I know that we have a million more things we could talk about, but would you just be willing to share a final thought or two or something that's been really important as we've been sharing that you haven't gotten a chance to share yet? What are some final thoughts, Christina? Hmm. I'm thinking about just, um, and Kendall's touched on this, is just how to respond when someone shares something very private. Um, and I think we can, we can, like you've mentioned, um, was done for you is that it's safe to share that. And thank you for sharing that. But I think to really be careful with that information to, um, we want to be careful not to one up them. That is a tendency that some people have. I don't know if you guys have noticed that before, but (laughs) it's like, oh, you're not the worst sinner in the room. Let me tell you something else. Or let me tell you what I did. And it's, you know, it can really cause harm. Um, if someone shares a sin with you, um, it's something something to rejoice over. You know, let's let's bring it to the Lord together right now. Have you brought this before the Lord? You know, it's it's be a wonderful response, and then you're matching their vulnerability with prayer, and praying out loud is incredibly vulnerable. Um, but let's go to the Lord um, together uh, if you if you feel able right now, and and if not, I'm going to check back with you. And I think checking back is a key element of someone has shared something really hard with you. Um, I'm not going to stay away from it because it's uncomfortable. And when I see that person, I'm not going to dodge them and see them at Tom Thumb and go, I didn't see you. I'm sorry. And because you shared something, you know, hard with me, I'm going to actually ask you about the thing. Um, if it's appropriate, of course, consider the environment. Um, but follow-up is key. It means that it does help with that vulnerability hangover that I'm willing to go there with you again. It means you did not shock me. Sin does not shock me. Suffering does not shock me. It is part of our world. And I have a dozen stories I could tell you that are that are similar, but I don't want to take away from yours right now. And so um, I think there's just wisdom in how we respond to it. Oh, that's so good, Christina. I don't know if I have anything to add. (laughs) (laughs) But I think um, just when you are, when you're choosing to be vulnerable for the sake of God's glory, I think it's also important, like Christina said, um, to make sure that you're ready to receive vulnerability. Um, And that can be, I mean, we've talked about it, but just when someone shares, acknowledge it. Acknowledge that what they shared was hard um, and just encourage them that you heard them and it's staying with you Mm. and that you, you know, exactly what Christina said, you're, you're not shocked. We all have sin. We all have suffering. Um, And it's a blessing and a privilege and an honor to walk with them in that. Um, and I think that's just such a beautiful gift of community is because the way that the Lord designed it is that we don't have to walk in that suffering alone. Um, and really just the final thought is 
when we show our weaknesses, we get to show people how amazing Jesus is. Um, and Paul writes about that in second Corinthians 12. And, um, I just, I really encourage that to be your motivation for being vulnerable and to just be honest with yourself if that truly has been your motivation, um, in the past. Agreed. I think, um, like I, after a podcast like this, I might be like, what in the world am I going to do next? How am I going to, how am I going to step into this? Maybe you're feeling a nudge or a calling to become more transparent and, and loving in your relationships. Um, and so I think what does next steps look like? Uh, you know, I, first of all, I want to emphasize that sharing the gospel is incredibly vulnerable. <laughs> And we are all called to do that every day. And so in small ways and just the way that we live. Um, but I think there's, you know, just starting small, start with the Lord, ask the Lord, where have I been? Um, what's on lockdown for me? What is off limits? What am I never going to share with anyone? And just kind of pray through that. Um, maybe there's someone that needs to hear that part of your story in order to heal in their own lives. Um, tell on yourself. I think going and being the first to apologize is incredibly vulnerable. Um, going and admitting, I do not have it all together, as Kendall's mentioned. It, that is so true of me, and um, pride keeps me from doing that. But being the first to go and say, um, man, I messed up. I messed up. Will you forgive me? Um, that's incredibly vulnerable. Those are a couple of thoughts. I have a dozen more, but we, we can go on for days. We really could. And I would totally love it. And maybe one day we'll talk about community too, which would be fun. But I do think that this is a, a key element of community and being able to actually really encourage each other and help each other and serve each other and point each other toward Jesus to know what's really there is a key part of that and be willing to share that not in detail with every person, but with some trustworthy, godly people, and then to model that and utilize that to help others. And I've heard you guys use the phrase before that in some ways it's a little bit trial and error and it's okay to grow in it instead of feeling like, all right, I need to go be all the vulnerable and do all the things mm -hmm. tomorrow. Well, what's just one step with one person mm -hmm. that you can take or one thing to learn and to continue to grow in it, I thought has been helpful for me as I've listened to you two talk about it, not just today, but in um, our other chat. Well, thanks so much for being here and being willing to share as well as live lives of vulnerability. I know that you do that for the people in your lives and I'm really grateful. And let me close in prayer. Thank you. Father, you created and know the three of us and you know every person listening. And I pray for those of us who are maybe hiding a part of ourselves or think we're hiding a part of ourselves from you, that you would nudge us today to talk to you about that. I pray that we would be people who listen well and are kind so that we create a space for people to be vulnerable and that we are people who trust you enough to be honest about some of the hard things in our life such that we can point others to Jesus, that we can be free and that we can um, encourage one another. Help us to do this and grow in our wisdom as we practice vulnerability. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.